Welcome to this episode of Hangout with Sujata. And today my special guest is Mrinalini. Mrinalini is a multi-talented uh, personality. Uh, where to start and where to finish. She has diverse skills like from rifle shooting to pottery making, jewelry making, I include and, and also painting. And uh, in the painting, she is commissioned by people to make portraits of their pets. So with that, let's hear her interesting journey and story because I'm sure she has lots to tell which the audience would also like to hear. So with that, welcome to the show. Thank you for taking the time. And if you want to say something, you may, or I shall start with your playlist. Thank you for having me, but I think we should start with the playlist. So the first song from your playlist is Gulabi Aake from the movie, The Train. Yes. Sung by Mohammed Rafi. Yes. Shut 
Okay, so let's hear why did you choose this song? Incidentally, I must say that this is also one of my favorite songs, but I'd like to hear why you chose it. Because uh, this is one of my all-time favorite songs for sure. And there have been uh, newer versions to it, which also I've liked, uh, but definitely this being the original, uh, I love the most. So this song is the first on the playlist uh, because it is my memory of the initial songs uh, to, to memory to being introduced to uh, music in general because dad used to play a lot of Hindi songs and as children you pick up what your parents are playing. So I mean the next song will then reveal what the mother used to play. This is what the father used to play and it this song being one of the favorite is just to encapsulate all the old Hindi songs that I've grown up on uh, um, up till my teenage years. So every time I listen to this song or any song from this era, it will straight reconnect me to my memory of my childhood with my father. Okay. And uh, did it anywhere, I forgot to tell the audience that you're also associated with Bollywood. So did it uh, sow some seeds of, you know, um, you know, probably connecting with Bollywood or not at this time? Not at this time because I was still below 10 when I started hearing the song. But there is a song coming which does associate to Bollywood. Okay. Interesting. So we shall listen to the next song, which yes. is Rasputin by Boniem. Yes.
Well, that is also a very familiar and favorite song mm -hmm. of mine from back in the days. But let's hear why did yes. this song. So basically, since most people who will hear this podcast who know me know what my age is, which is 39 as of now, will be 14, three months, right? And so the two songs played so far are definitely before my time which means it brings me back to the same point that while the first song was my instant reconnection to what my father's choice of song was, this is my instant connection to what my mother would listen to. Just like they're very two different people. Like if dad likes to cook Indian, she is more of the Western and baking types, right? So if you listen to these two songs, it, it encapsulates what one parent is and what the other parent is. So, so the, obviously mom liked listening to a lot of English songs and Rasputin, I chose again to embody the, the collection of Boniam, the Lombardas and, and the rest of the songs in that collection. Just like Gulabi Aake, it just encapsulates all the old Hindi songs, right? And so these two songs are most important to me to begin with because they are my early um, introduction and connection to the world of music, yes, but also to my parents. Being the older one, I was at an age between four and seven, I think. I heard these songs between the four, age of four and eight, four and ten, maybe. Let's take that. And I think for me, that's that's very important. As, as children, we are very um, impressionable and we're like sponge, right? So I could forget every song after, but this, these two songs or the songs from this era, I will not forget no matter, even if I have amnesia, because it is directly connected to uh, the parents. Wow. Okay. So with that, we go to the next song, which is Mere Khabo Mein. It's, I think, from the film Dilwale Dulanya Le Jayenge. It's, I think, a very popular uh, Yes. Bollywood movie with one of the super stars, reigning superstars, right? And this is one of my favorites, and I'll tell you why this song. So okay, let's hear the song. <laughs>
-hmm. Okay, so I'm eager to hear why this song. So you asked a question just before this when I was we were listening to Gulabi Aake whether it had any connection to Bollywood. That that didn't because I was far too young to think about anything. But when this film released, I was thirteen, and this is my introduction to my world of music and films. So until now, the first two songs were my introduction to my parents and their world. This is literally at the age of thirteen, my choice of a song or my choice of a film, and this film is very, 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 very close to my heart because it just impacted me on another level. So this is the film uh, that uh, after seeing a couple of changes happened. Uh, to begin with, I saw this film thrice at the age of thirteen. Thanks to my parents, we went to the theater thrice to watch this film, and I love Kajol's role in this. I love the entire movie because I think in the nineties we weren't allowed to watch very many movies because nineties was all about these heartbreaking love stories and God knows what not. And here came a Suraj Bharjatia kind of a or Karan Johar or you know Aditya Chopra kind of a film. which was very sweet and sort of like pure in its uh, treatment and it touched my heart obviously and uh, she uh, kajol's character in this movie uh, refers to her mother as mom and i remember as kids we used to call mom and dad as mama and baba because obviously bengali mein that's what we refer to and suddenly katu i'm 13 and i'm calling Mom suddenly, mom one fine day from mama I went to mom at the age of thirteen, and I remember my paternal grandmother, my dadi, she actually took offense. She was like, "How can you call her mom? It's such such an uh, you know English word to say. Call her ma or mama or mummy or whatever, right?" And I didn't care because I mean I I was in love with Kajol's character and I was in love with this movie. So one one change is that I went from mama to mom, and from baba to dad. <laughs> and i think the siblings followed after uh, saying that the other thing is that this movie actually triggered my passion to enter the film industry and it, it triggered my desire to enter the film industry as an actress because again i loved her role i loved the film i loved her character so these two things happened with bblj obviously i was 13 impressionable age and uh, it just that has not left my memory i mean a lot of things have happened in life after but this this purity that this film brings to my memory and to my conscience it remains thankfully so so what happened to your aspirations of uh, being an actress And we <laughs> that we will unveil obviously as the uh, the show I'll, goes forward. Okay, let me ask you another question. So, do you or did you have any showbiz connections? Someone in the family or friends? I mean, did you or do you? The showbiz connection, obviously, mom had her connections as a journalist, and you know, uh, my aunt has her had her connections as again a journalist. She used to write for the film industry. but somehow they didn't impact me as much they didn't impact my desire or my decision to go forward or not but what that brought was the, it brought some knowledge of what the industry is like i remember when i sat down with my parents in the drawing room uh, when i was dropping out of college not many people know that i dropped out of college to pursue film industry 
but i remember mom and dad said that this is a very very shaky industry very unpredictable and you have to do all kinds of things and i was about 20 at that time and i said no no and i was so enamored by karan johar and aditya chopras of the world that i was like no no there are nice people in the industry and i'm sure i'm going to go there and yeah but later we see how life pans out i have done one film but it took one film for me to understand acting is a whole different ball game and not for me but yeah sticking to this song and ddlj that's what it did to me so as you go along you will reveal the name of the movie of that one movie that you acted in or shall you give it now well i think if it comes up i don't know whether it'll come up in the subsequent songs but yes the, it was a tamil film pugai padam uh on which it was a nice film it was a small film it was not a very big film but i made some lovely friends and one of them is still my friend priya uh who's al- already appeared on this show and priya and i have been friends ever since 2008 when we did that tamil film uh so yeah i think it happened it was a nice film it wasn't a great film it wasn't a big film but for me it was a good experience it gave me that outlet to try what i wanted to always and to make an informed decision that okay maybe it's not for me so i'm glad i got that opportunity okay so with that i shall go to the next song which is hotel california yes let's hear it
champagne on ice And she said We are all just prisoners here Of our own device And in the master's chambers They gathered for the feast They stab it with their stealing eyes But they just can't kill the beast this song is now that song uh, along with another song which was November Rain uh, by Guns N' Roses. These two songs were songs that uh, were my um, introduction to the English music world um, which uh, interested me. So earlier than this, if you heard Rasputin, it was what mom listened to. This was now, these two songs, Hotel California and November Rain, are um, my personal favorites uh, as a teenager that I picked up on, uh, especially because at, by this time I was in a boarding school and we used to have a lot of these social dances and, you know, it was called jig. Uh, so we used to have this, like, you know, these social dances where, you know, all the bo boys and the girls uh, will get together and dance, obviously under the supervision of, uh, teachers but it was something that we used to look forward to uh, whoever had a crush on whoever or who who was uh, whose girlfriend or boyfriend or you no know, all those things used to come out and um, I did not have 
a boyfriend at that point in time but the, these two songs actually were songs that were played at the end of the jig like closing it right and somehow it just stayed with me it, it's it it still reminds me of that time in school when we used to have these um social dances or we used to celebrate festivals in school and um, this was a major part of my boarding school life because there was a lot that happened in my boarding school life you know five years uh, that i was in ut um, i went from you know phases of being boycotted by the batch initially when i joined so that's a difficult one on a teenager to then being accepted by the same batch and being popular also with them uh so there was this graph and this this constant up and down uh in my boarding school life and i think a lot of my batchmates would relate to it because we all went through our own journeys in uh in lawrence school lovedale right so this song kind of is just to encapsulate that memory or that journey of five years in boarding school which for me is extremely important in my life it shaped me in many ways it gave me uh the freedom and liberty to uh, try out other things apart from studies because till then i was obviously uh with uh, parents moving city to city if that got transferred so uh, making a particular school your base and having certain friends for life was not something that happened earlier than boarding school of course it happened in chennai where i uh, had my first best friend best friend um who's who is a superstar's daughter uh but for me she was not a superstar's daughter because i was just 11 or so right for me she was just my best friend but i think lawrence school life was a life on its own and a lot of things happened i picked up rifle shooting at this time uh so yeah hotel california november rain will always be close to my heart because it reminds me of those five years in boarding school so you discovered your talents and your character got uh... slightly evolved during your boarding school you yes that? because before that if you hear the first two songs it was very heavily influenced by what mom and dad were and i think up till the eight, like up till my 13 14 years was very heavily influenced by uh, mom and dad right and suddenly i go into a boarding school where now i'm finding myself like i'm understanding myself so having a a firm foundation of a person and then taking that forward into then forming up who you are is an incredible experience in my opinion and uh, that's what boarding school did to me so the next song is again uh, a song from i think one of the hit movies of bollywood dil to pagal hai yes okay let's hear it दिल तो पागल है दिल तो पागल है दिल दीवा 
Pagal Hai is again after DDLJ, uh, one of those movies and songs which uh, again will be very close to my heart because at, by this time I was uh, in that stage where you know I was like all rosy eyed about life, about boyfriends, about friends, you know, and it was it Dil to Pagal Hai instantly takes me back to a memory of my first visit to Bombay. Uh, because by this time dad had shifted to Bombay and I think when we came back 
when I came back from school for holiday, we visited Bombay. And I had a Walkman by then. I mean, I think from uh, the age of 14 or 15, I had a Walkman that I used to listen to songs uh, on. And I had my connection there. And Dimple Pagal had just released. And I remember that, you know, it was, Bombay had a very different feel than other cities that I had been a part of. You know, we, we before that, we lived in Chennai, Hyderabad, Calcutta. But Bombay is just different. Like, it had a different feel compared to all those cities, even though they were big cities too at that time. And Bombay had these really nice big malls, shops, shopper stop, you know, those kind of uh, shops existed. This is 97, 98. And my memory of as a teenager going with my parents and buying what I felt like, these are small, small things. But for a teenager, that's a big thing because by then it, I, I was at, in my late teens or, you know, uh, and uh, it just had a very nice memory of from between school and coming to Bombay for that vacation. And uh, I remember small incidences like my brother, he loved Shahrukh Khan at that time. And in Dilto Pagale, when Akshay Kumar like takes Madhuri Dixit for a brief period, he cried and howled in the uh, in the theater. Shahrukh Khan and Sachin were his favorite at that time, right? So small, small memories like this, they just take me back to, you know, it, this song just takes me back to that time. And Dilto Pagal hai and Kuch Kuch Hota hai. They released one year apart. Uh, Kuch Kuch Hota is actually very important. I chose a song from Dilto Pagal for various reasons, but Kuch Kuch Hota, I followed that. And that is a very important movie because that is when I crystallized uh, my friendship with my best friend who I've known now for like 24 years, Vinija. Uh, we used to discuss Kuch Kuch Hota hai as a film. She used to narrate the film to us before our eighth standard exams. You know, we, we were going in for our exam and she would sit and narrate. Uh, the entire film to us, you know, and uh, it was me, my sister, another friend, Tilika and Vinija. We used to sit outside the exam room and she used to narrate and then we used to go give our exam and come back and pick up the narration again. Uh, so at that point in time is when Vinija wanted to become a director when she grew up and I wanted to become an actor. So somewhere Vinija and I connected on a level of sharing same ambition in terms of our career. So um, and then, of course, later on in life, Vinija and I went to the same two film schools. No, same film school. Later on, I, I went to two different film schools, Digital Academy and Whistling with International. And Vinija came with me to Whistling with International. Um, but yeah, I think we began our friendship and our common ambition of joining the industry at this point with Dilto uh, Pagal and Kuch Kuch Hota Hai. And yeah, then we both followed into the industry, made our a uh, little journey happened, made our mark. Uh, I started off as an AD, went on to uh, act in a film, uh, been a production uh, manager on uh, films, and then of course, gone into the digital space and produced a whole lot of ads and music videos. But I think this, Dilta Pagal hai and Kuch Kuch Hota hai, is the starting point. Apart from Dilwale Dunalia, Le Jayenge. Would you say you were a big city girl? I, until this point, no, but the moment I came to Bombay, I would say yes, very much so, because then it it just didn't, I couldn't go back to a Chennai or a Kolkata or a Hyderabad. I just connected very much to the city. So if you had a choice of living in a city or living in the woods or, you know, uh, small towns, uh, 
uh, no, where you don't have the hustle and bustle of life. You would choose the city, right? No. Now that I'm approaching 40 in three months, <laughs> it's strange that before this, I didn't want to move out of the country even, although my parents uh, quite coaxed me into shifting with them, giving it a try. But I was very rigid that I wanted to be in uh, Bombay, throughout my career here in Bollywood. Now, after 15 years or 16 years in this industry, in, in whatever journey I've had, and in this city, the last, I think I've been here for the last 20 years. No, now going forward, 40 and above, I definitely would choose country life over city. But till now, I've been a big city girl. Okay. That's a, that's a, you know, change of perspective, I would say. Very much. I think age does that. And I think your general life journey does that. Cool. So with that, we go to the next song, which is Gulja. Yes, very important. For the audience, it's a literal translation is like, forget it. Forget it. Okay. Gulja is by Shan, one of my favorite singers. Okay, let's hear it.
the significance of this song? So this song is now, uh, I would say again, it it just encapsulates all the disappointments of all my uh, boyfriend relationships over so many years. Um, and this song basically it came out at a time when I had had a breakup at this point uh, with my you know first significant boyfriend to say it was just something that was in the passing teenagers and all of that I, I was 18 by now and uh, it impacted me quite a bit like it took me a couple of months to understand what was happening why I was dumped suddenly out of nowhere uh, because till then it was going pretty okay and uh, it was the first significant relationship so the first significant breakup and I think this is also the time when I was just completing um, I mean my schooling uh, sort of I think I was in 10th yeah, because I am two years older for my batch in any case right so while I should have been passing out of 12th I was in 10th standard I remember and this song helped me get over the breakup and focus my entire attention on rifle shooting. Until this point, uh, when I was doing rifle shooting, I was not very ambitious about rifle shooting. I used to do as a part of a sport we had to do in school. I mean, we had to be a part of two sports at least. And uh, I was a part of uh, rifle shooting much against my wishes. I wanted to play badminton, but they put me in rifle shooting team. And so, you know, every year I was, uh, uh, you know, winning bronze medal or silver medal or stuff like that. But since I had a breakup and I was very angry with the breakup and this song just, if you listen to the lyrics, it is hard hitting. It, it is, uh, you know, on a level where you want to tell the person, okay, get lost. I am way more than that. But it sounds nice because it's got an upbeat tempo to it. So it's not, it doesn't sound morose or sad, which is what I like about this song a lot. And then Shan became my favorite. So at this point in time, this song helped me get out of that breakup. And I used to listen to the song while practicing rifle shooting. And that's how I, when, when the, the final tournament came, I won three gold medal, bronze and silver and the shield and the cup all in one go in that one tournament. So you have to understand how heartbroken I was to invest all my energy constructively at this point. And so after that, through the years, I think Bhulja has become one of the songs where I, it's, it now is a, a song when I, uh, when I want to let go, let go of baggage is when I listen to the song because over our lifetime, we, we have disappointments and we collect baggages of sorts, right? And it's very important to keep cleansing your system of that baggage. Uh, the more you carry with you, the more uh, you feel weighed down and heavy in life. So every time I want to release a sort of disappointment or a baggage or want to let go. Bulja is that song which is because it's upbeat and it's got a good tempo to it and the lyrics um, are so meaningful that I listen to it and I just release whatever I don't need. I release it into the universe with all the forgiveness to whoever I was holding anger towards and then I feel lighter. When in the moment things happen, we don't understand that there is a plan and there's probably something. We, when we go forward, then we look back and say, oh, that was a good thing. So it's like connecting the dots, as Steve Jobs said. But hearing this, I would say 
you should be heartbroken more often because if in that case you develop some passion and you unlock some you know talent hidden un- into you and you put your heart and mind and soul into it and look at what you uh, become you become a rifle shooting champion so i think you should be more often heartbroken you know actually, because, because it brings out the best in you actually i totally endorse that because uh, later i think after this my next achievement was when i won the valedictorian award in uh, whistling words after a two year diploma course in film producing and that was also a time when i was sort of heartbroken i was um, heartbroken and finding myself just misfit in in the industry i done a, a two films by then one acting and one uh, as an ad right and and i'd gone through a breakup again at this point when i joined whistling words so i invested again i was very heartbroken because it was quite a taxing and toxic relationship which took a lot of energy out of me and at this point in time like you rightly said when i'm heartbroken i uh, constructively charge at something with vengeance uh, so it it always turns out nice and i i think invested two years into my whistling was program which landed me uh, getting the valedictorian award at the end of it uh, so yeah i think when i invest all my attention and focus and energy into something especially when i'm heartbroken down and out i think it always does me good this is a very actually positive quality because you know when people are heartbroken or they're depressed or they're upset they have the choice one always has a choice and a lot of people can withdraw into a shell carry baggages lose focus lose hope and you know go the other way very few people actually take that take that in their stride and turn the negative into positive so that is a choice which we always have which i always say and i'm and i'm happy that you actually deal with that as aspect of life that you don't get beaten down or you don't get put down for too long actually right? I have, yeah i have a very simple thing to this when you're pushed against the wall or when you're literally down to level 0 you have nowhere to fall you you have only one choice but to rise and i think for me unless life gives me that push i become complacent so i think i am one of those students of life that needs to be really given tough love in order to shine and uh, yeah for me that's how i function uh, i don't know whether it's a very constructive way of functioning because in the process i am also uh, dealing with a lot of hurt and pain which i can totally avoid if i just listen to the lessons in life but so far i think that's what has happened and i'm glad it's worked so far but i don't think i want to take this forward in life i think i want to become a little more sensible about uh, focusing the right way and not because i'm heartbroken or uh, depressed or you know i find no place to go to that shouldn't be the case good so with that i go to the next song which is can't help falling in love
well an obvious love song yeah but you know the funny thing about this song is while it's a love song i it's not a song i heard when i was in love rather it's a song i heard when i actually realized certain things about my life at at a point where all my past relationships stood in front of my face in the mirror and i realized you know the being part of the song only fools rush in it applies to me because i think i hope ex boyfriends don't kill me after listening to this but i think all my past relationships were an escape for me and they I, can't by the way they can't kill you because you have not taken names so that's a sense exactly so you it's a yeah so they don't know who i'm referring to but uh, uh, the three four significant relationships that i had right one fine day it this is when i was out of all relationships in general and i was self reflecting and that is when i heard this song once again i think i heard this song earlier in my teenagehood i think in school or uh, family played it at home or i went to some cafe but it actually registered when i was just thinking that i till that point had had all my significant relationships as an escape from reality i was either escaping studies or i was escaping uh something at home i was escaping friends or i was escaping the fact that i don't fit in in normal setups uh, like school or friends so i think my past boyfriends were an escape and that's the song is basically a love song but for me it is a reminder that not to be a fool and not to rush in and this song is hence stayed like a bible for the last 10 years where i have not had a single relationship not even for a month maybe a month or two but not significant right i gave it a try it didn't happen but uh, yeah i think the song is that reminder that don't rush in don't be a fool uh, and i think it's it's elvis presley so i mean it's just nice to listen to irrespective with that interesting choice the next one is the final countdown yes share it because i'm sure every song has a different interpretation and meaning for everyone yeah
Let's hear it. What's with the song? So this song has had many versions over the years. I think it was released in 1986. And while this song released at a time when there was rising Cold War and the Chernobyl and Challenger, it was it connected with people uh, as a means to escape, right? But for me, this song, I mean, I heard it early on in life, like in my teens. But this made a lot of sense. And this was my way, not just to escape, but rise above a situation uh, in 2014 when, um, you know, we as a family went through uh, a not, not a good incident uh, with regards to my sister. And... I used to listen to this song at that time because my way of dealing with that incident was more uh, about getting out of that situation rather than dwelling on that situation because we needed to be there for her and she was herself being very strong. And then over the years to see uh, my mom go through uh, the entire court journey, fighting a case and this song, I think, over the years has been a constant during that period. You know, it's, it's something that is deep. And it, if you look at the lyrics, it's about rising. It's not about, it's not about going down in the dumps. It is, it is an escape of sorts, but it's also rising to the occasion. And when something unfavorable happens, there are only two ways to go about it. You either sink in or you rise above. And so far, I choose to rise above on all occasions. And so this song is very, very important for that period in life when uh, I needed something to pick me up. And the song does that for me. If I may ask what happened to your sister, because if you would like to share. Yeah, well, uh, uh, this was when I was finishing my Whistling Woods program. And it's, it's, it's all the more a very um, interesting thing to see that even though in the last six months of the program, this incident happened, I still went on to win the valedictorian award, which means I focused on my program nonetheless. But basically, my sister was raped. It was not as, we, the world can say not as gruesome as a lot of other rapes, but that doesn't matter. Rape is rape of any sort, right? Emotional and mental also, but this was physical. And um, thanks, thankfully, she was fine and with us anything else could have happened of course uh, but yeah it is not it is not an incident that one can forget it is not an incident that uh, I don't shy away from talking about it none of us in the family though we're pretty open about talking about it mom has even written a book on this but um, it's 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 something that you remember and you carry forward and as a reminder that and after that incident actually it has affected me in a way where I'm very um, conscious of anybody on the road or anywhere I go, uh, people coming to close, you know, like in crowded places or uh, uh, if I'm taking uh, my dog down for a walk because she's a St. Bernard, people are looking at her. I'm very conscious about whether they're looking at me or looking at her. I'm just very sensitive now to glances, to, to people coming around too close to me. Those kind of things have happened. I was always a little sensitive, of course, but now I'm my radar is constantly up. If I'm outside my home, I'm very careful of who is watching me, who is near me and all of that stuff. So, yeah, it is a constant reminder. And uh, this is what the song 
reflex. Okay. I think you you have the courage in you to deal with traumas. No, it runs in the family and comes from the mother. <laughs> okay. So with that, I go to the next song, which is Skyfall. Let's yes, very significant. Let this 
Well, what happened? So this song, uh, the reason why it's soon after the final countdown is because uh, incidents happened such that they were back to back and one after another. So if 2014, my sister went through that horrific incident, in 2015, followed my uh, autoimmune condition, MS. And a lot of people battle all sorts of health issues, yes. But at the age of 33, if you are literally going to have an autoimmune condition, which sounds so scary, multiple sclerosis, it is, uh, it's very hard to come to terms with it. Because also the way it was detected was not the most pleasant way of detecting. MS can have a lot of ways to be detected. Mine was definitely not a pleasant one. And um, before that, I was already uh, diagnosed with diabetes two years prior, right? So... At 31 diabetes, now at 33, I hear that I have multiple sclerosis. It definitely did take a toll, a major toll on my entire psyche. Because uh, I think till then, I was also, and that's why if you look at my collection of songs, there is a happy, rosy-eyed yeah. <laughs> feel to the previous songs. Yes. But you hit the final countdown and, you know, come to Skyfall, you know that it is, not a very happy rosy-eyed picture it is sort of dark and uh, sort of difficult so skyfall is the song i heard in the first six months of my ms being detected because it's also the that first six months of ms being detected in 2015 where i went from coming to know of a condition called multiple sclerosis to actually landing a job that really gave me the wings to Fly of sorts. It was um, kind courtesy, a lot of well wishers at Whistling Woods who believed and had faith in me to give me that job. And at that point in time, that job was very important because I was dealing with an autoimmune condition that really dampened my spirits. So much so that I didn't know whether I will even continue being a part of this industry. Just and this MS happened exactly when I was completing a major film uh, called Mohenjo-daro, you know, which was a very big budget film with a very big star and uh, I had all hopes and dreams and desires to further go and do big big movies as a production person and then finally climb the ladder and then suddenly MS happens and I can't anymore I just can't uh, physically right there and then I couldn't so right there and then something has to keep me afloat uh, of course I had the chance and the opportunity to shift abroad with my parents but that is comfort. That is not moving ahead in life. I would have to start all over again if I shifted with them, which I was open to. And I literally, at this point in time, when I used to listen to the song, I used to tell the universe that if my benefit is going abroad with parents, let that happen. But if not, if I'm meant to stay here, if I'm meant to do something here yet, if my work is still unfinished, then give me a sign. And if May I got diagnosed with multiple sclerosis, it was literally in August, August 11th, when I joined uh, YouTube Space, uh, which was which was a brilliant job uh, in a brilliant setup with my kind of people. It was home ground. Whistling was the second home to me. And uh, the timing couldn't have been better. And Skyfall, if you listen to the lyrics, it is about standing tall, rising to the occasion again it has that tempo to it it doesn't have the sad morose tempos it has a dark tempo but it is upbeat uh, in its music also 
and the lyrics and you know i i applied it to the fact that i also went a little spiritual and understood autoimmune diseases are basically your own immune system acting against your own self so it has a lot to do with our own psyche when we are self sabotaging when we are uh, we are not in sync with each uh, ourselves right we create conditions like this cancer is also sort of your own cells eating your own cells right so i mean any any autoimmune condition or any condition which is to do with the cell it is basically you're not sync with your own energy you're not whole and complete together and the, the lyrics in the song is we will stand tall together we will rise together we will be together so it was my way of telling my own system that don't worry if a part was falling weak there was a part of me that was also strong and i was trying to merge both the parts together to be whole again so i think uh, skyfall is very important uh, as a song and uh, i mean after that life has taken its course to stabilize but the final countdown and skyfall are two songs that will always remind me of back to back incidences in life which gave courage and furthered my movement in life so yeah it's very important to me what a unique and refreshing take on how you you know view yourself and you know you carry yourself forward okay so with that i go to the next song which is sway sway dancing by rita hayworth
Okay, this is also a favorite of my song. I mean, this is a favorite song of mine. <laughs> this song weighs very heavily on me emotionally. Um, though it's a happy, romantic kind of a song uh, and a dancey number, it has a retro feel to it. And when in life, moments become memories or people when they're gone uh, share memories, it has a retro feel to it. So this is a song that about seven, eight months ago, mom used to play for Husky when Husky, the male lab that we have, uh, was literally dying. And to make him feel better, she used to play these songs. And um, by then, our female lab, Mishti, died, right? So when I heard this song, I think, again, I heard this song earlier sometime in life, never paid attention to it. But because it was at a moment where a, a pet, your family member is dying and the song played, now, whenever I listen to Sway dancing in any version, it has that retro feel to take me back uh, to the memory of Mishti passing away, then Husky passing away, and recently uh, with my aunt passing away. So when I was taking the flight from Bombay to um, Bhopal, I was listening to this version, this song. Um, and I'm not necessarily someone who cries when some someone or... Uh, a loved one dies. So when Mishti died, I didn't instantly cry. When Husky died, yes, we had to put him down. So I was prepared. So of course I cried then. But when my aunt passed away, I did not cry. Uh, I still haven't cried for her. And she's just gone about one and a half, two months ago. But when I was going on the flight, I listened to the song because somewhere, while it has a retro feel to it and while uh, losing a loved one is sad, I would like to believe that Husky, Mishti, or my aunt are up in the heaven dancing. And so I want to correlate the song to them dancing in heaven while also feeling the sadness of losing them. So this is currently this year's theme, Sway Dancing, which makes me very, very emotional each time I hear it. And I think every time I, I find somebody who is... Lost to death, I probably will listen to this song. That's a very deep and profound one. Your thoughts. And with that, I go to an interesting, another interesting song, which is Killing Me Softly, as per the title. That's the last song. Who did you kill? <laughs> Let's see.
what does this last song have? So this song is currently the song, the song that I'm listening to because uh, it's it's more dedicated to life, killing me softly with his song. Basically, life is killing me with its song of sorts, but not really killing me. It's just suddenly I find myself having to uh, come to terms with a lot of life-changing experiences. It started in 2014, but now death teaches you a lot. Um, and like I mentioned in the earlier song, Husky, Mishti, and my aunt going, and now Zubi, the last dog left, uh, who's a Saint Bernard. Um, she's also battling cancer. So I am kind of prepared to, you know, the fact that she will also go sometime soon. And it's it's sort of that point in life where I find my life so far, what it's been, sort of coming to an end. It almost feels like death. You know, like rising from the ashes, the phoenix rises from the ashes. It feels like that because I don't think going forward, life is going to be the same. It won't. There are losses that, that have happened. Uh, which can't be brought back, right? So evidently, life is changing. Now, whether it's changing for the better or the worse, one won't know unless we go further. But I think somewhere, killing me softly with this song is killing me softly with this song is about life in general. And also, while that is one part of the song, I am hoping that uh, this also has a sort of again. The beat, uh, it's upbeat and all to listen to, but it has a sort of romantic inclination. So I'm hoping, uh, since I've uh, kind of abstained from relationships for the last 10 years, I'm hoping going forward, whether it's now I will cross 40 and find love, or in my 50s, I also know people who find love in 60s. I'm hoping for that one person that I may find. So it's also a dedication to that person in the universe if it exists. If not, it is anyway a song between me and life in general um, and currently the one so when life altering moments happen life will never be the same again and exactly. life altering moments happen in some people's lives some people remain untouched by life altering moments and lead a very smooth and you know a very straightforward life yes yeah, straightforward life without any uh, stress or trauma majorly but for some uh, life-altering moments is a is a period of growth is a period of development is a period of coming to terms it's a period of introspection you know reflections a new perspective and so forth and so on and uh, as far as looking for love I would advise you which I advise everybody don't go looking for it. If it has to happen, it will happen. Let no man uh, complete you. If a person has to come into your life, they should only come to complement the best version of you that you offer. I think uh, one of my guests said that in a previous interview. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so I'm picking up also that thought process that in any case, people should not define you. And love, love should be always something which is built on acceptance, on mutual respect, trust. A lot of people look at love in more like a physical intimacy and, you know, something which uh, 
is more to do with the physical attributes, you know, and that is, I feel in the long run, it's not a sustainable kind of a love. What do you think? No, I'm not looking for love. What I said is I'm hoping that it enters my life. I don't believe in looking for anything because you cannot fit anything, especially like this. It's not the shop that you go looking for and buy for yourself. But I'm hoping because the song is about life in general, right? So I'm hoping that life will surprise me and uh, in a nice way. And if it happens, well and good because companionship is what I'm looking for, not not love per se. Love is there in terms of parents, siblings, best friend, and other friends. So one will find love everywhere. Should you want to find it, you will find it in everything. But it's companionship. So that is what I believe it as. Yeah, but I think the best companionship we find in pets. They give Absolutely. us unconditional love. <laughs> but they don't survive as long as we do. <laughs> That's true. So with that, we come to the end of the show. I, I've had a very interesting, delightful conversation with you. And um, I saw you through some different lens. And uh, uh, the, you know, there's a little secret behind seeing you in a different lens. But I was happy to see you, though I knew bits and pieces of your life journey. And... Uh, I think you have turned out a real gem. So I honored and privileged that, you know, I got to see you in a different light and I appreciate that you gave me the time you want. So anything else you want to say to the audience, you're free to yeah. say something and wrap up. Yeah, I mean, I will take two minutes for sure. It won't be short. Firstly, uh, this one hour, one and a half hours, I don't know, I've lost track of how long uh, the, it's taken for this particular uh, episode but it's been therapeutic um, because um, while we li I listen to songs on a regular basis and but then to go through your entire to sum up your entire life uh, in about two hours through the songs that you listen to it's very therapeutic on on another level and because you are generally a person who lets the person talk it's like <laughs> seeing a therapist and opening my heart out and not being intervened by unnecessary advices because in life I realized you need to be heard more what happens in daily life is people are always out there to give you gyan give you advice they will not let you complete a sentence they think they know what you're going to say so they out of their experience want to give you advice but that's not what you need in life I think with anybody in life family, friends, companions right or even if you're going to a counselor, it is important to be heard first because half the job is well done when you have the outlet to pour your heart out, be heard, and a lot of things just make sense in perspective as you speak, not when you're told, but as you speak, you hear yourself, you know somebody in front is hearing you, listening to you, and it just all falls into place, right? So this one and a half to us has been extremely therapeutic. I think it's a it's a great show. I don't know how nobody else has come up with a format like this. I myself, having been a part of this industry, I never thought of something like this. So I'm hoping everybody who's listening to it and all the great minds out there, they may want to be associated with the show and want to invest 
and uh, associate themselves as makers, right? I think it'll, it'll be a very profitable thing. I mean, you have a lot of these shows like Coffee with Karan and uh, the Ellen Show and all of that. Why not this? I think this is this is a combination of a TV uh, talk show come uh, radio show, right? Uh, it can't get better than this. So I loved I loved my two hours over here, and uh, thank you very much for having me. And let's see how life now turns out. And maybe at a later date, we could, when your show has completed 10 years, we could revisit this conversation and then see what yeah. are the changes. Uh, with some of my guests, I think there could be episodes of part two. So exactly. keep, keep in touch. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Bye.